Council. The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Square Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Dead live here in the studio, 104.5 The Zone. Brendan Hagney is out this week. He is in Gatlinburg this time. Last week, it was David. Next week, guess what? Still not going to be me. <laughs> You're missing out. Maybe someday. I'll be in Los Angeles in two weeks, though. No. So. I'll take Gatlinburg every day of the week no. and twice on Sundays. Fair enough. That I just, is I just, ta- just tagged Brendan in, and he uh, took over the duties in Gatlinburg. Yeah, he's in the Dolly in, Room, which involved which involved a lot of eating. So basically, we just did honestly just switch places. Your anniversary last week, his anniversary one year. This week, your two year last week. Um, he's at David Reed Radio. I'm Jason Martin at J Martin. Brandon's at Hack Haney. This is the uh, rare Money in the Bank live show. Yes, it is. Money in the Bank is tonight. There's AEW news of some weird variety and some other things to talk about there. I can tell you who the plan for the men's match is supposed to be, unless it's changed, and who the favorite to win the women's match is. That might surprise you, but probably not if you actually have been paying attention. On paper, the card looks decent. Uh, Actually, a lot of it looks like it could be pretty good. Usually, Money in the Bank is a good show. But I actually want to start with, I don't have the audio, but I listened to this, and I don't know if you subscribe to the PW Torch, but if you do, then you should definitely listen to the VIP audio from Monday night because they always do about a two-hour show after Raw and after SmackDown. And so they had somebody call in. And we work in radio, so we know how this goes, but this has got to be a record. They had a caller on for about an hour. And this caller, one of his close friends, works for the WWE creative team. And I guess he was out with this dude and a couple of this guy's friends. And enough alcohol was put into them for them to finally start talking. And so he started kind of laying out what this conversation said. And some of it he said, hey, we're not going to say this on air because it might expose who it is. So he told certain things that I thought were interesting. Now, the one thing that kept creeping into my head was, how did you vet this to make sure this is actually true? Because you could have pulled this off. Yeah, I ended up reading the transcript. I listened um, to the whole thing. Of of all of this, and it's very, it's kind of right there where, I mean, there's a lot of things in there that I was like, whoa. A lot of it, I believe. A lot of it sounds exactly right to me. It sounds sounds 100% plausible, if not, I mean, probable. Yeah, a couple of things that were surprising or if there was one thing that was surprising it was the Dana Brooke piece that nobody works harder than her the creative team loves her that she spends all her time going to the performance center trying to get better trying to you know make an impact and improve and all these kind of things and what surprised me about that was not that she's trying hard but just that if she's trying that hard why is she not better 
Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, I know that sounds bad, but I'm just, no, I'm just being sounds, honest. It sounds true. I mean, she. I think she's gotten, she's gotten a lot better with a, around a microphone, but sure. inside the ring, she is still slow, lumbering, and full of mistakes. Yeah. I mean, she's in the women's Money in the Bank tonight, and she's going to work hard. And I do root for her now after hearing that. Like, I mean, that's very cool that she's working as hard as she is and that she cares this much. And she's trying to get noticed again and get another chance because Vince cared and then Vince didn't care. And she wasn't ready for the spot. I don't think she was ready to be called up when she was called up. We didn't like it when it happened. And it did not do her any favors. And she's gone through some personal tragedy and things like that. Another thing, and I I don't know that this was terribly surprising, was that the writers love Bray Wyatt. And that Bray is somebody that's constantly helping other people out, giving them ideas, giving them things that they could do for their characters. Maybe you could say this. Maybe you could do this. That he's like a relentless team player with all the younger talent and anybody that that wants to talk to him, he's there. That makes me care more about Bray Wyatt. And it's not a surprise that he's all in. I mean, if you're all in on this Firefly Funhouse stuff, then you're all in. I mean, he's committed to it. Yeah, and I have an interesting question later on about Bray Wyatt. Okay, in, in this new, yeah, new. I mean, I, I mean, I'm. I said in the beginning I was going to give this a chance, see, let, lay out, see, see where it was going to go, and I'm still like I'm more intrigued now than I ever have been about where this could lead. I have a question about whether or not he could be. If he could be something that we never have seen before in wrestling. He could. It's weird. I mean, it seems like that was the highlight of Monday's show. It was, it was for me. <laughs> it's so weird, and I don't know if it can work. And I don't know if they're going to let it build or put him on TV too soon in the ring before this thing works. Is he going to show up as a baby face or a heel? Like there, There's a lot of different ways to touch this. But some of the things that were revealing from this conversation... I would say one of the things that stood out most to me was the quote, and I actually said it earlier on the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio during the Inside the Ropes segment, that the creative team's hearts break every time they read stuff about how bad the writers are and how bad creative is because they have all these great ideas and they have all these things that they have laid out for people, but you're writing for an audience of one. And Vince McMahon takes five or six days of work and all the things that they put together and just scraps all of it on day of show or doesn't care anyway. He wants to hear everybody's ideas, but he really probably isn't going to take a whole lot of them. It's all Vince McMahon. So I was going to start this show with an apology, really, because I know at least sometimes in the past we've gone after creative, but I think we've also fixed this in the past, too. It's all Vince, folks. It's not the writers. It's not that they've hired the wrong people. It's the people they've hired have no power. They have no control. It's like you write a drama or you write a soap opera and you spend all this time putting together week after week of this because the show continues to turn. But there's one guy that just dicks all of it and goes back to whatever it is that he thinks is right, even though what he's doing right now is so outdated and so backwards and so strange that it is dying, but other people are still taking the blame. There are way too many people on Twitter going after the writers and going after creative, and it seems to me that that is erroneous. 
Well, I, I'm not so sure to say it's erroneous at this point because I don't think Vince McMahon is writing, rewriting, and completely erasing everything from the top of the card all the way down to the bottom. And I think the, the creative problem exists from the main eventers to the curtain jerkers. And there's a part of me that also wants to say, if you're that sensitive, <laughs> you're in the wrong business. Yeah. You can't take what's going on on the internet and, and the smarks and the message boards and Reddit. You can't take it that seriously. Just to, if you're, if you're that confident in what you're doing, do your job. But the whole audience of one thing is the best way that I've heard this whole thing put. He continues to be the problem. And, and it ain't going to change. It's it's not it's not it's it's not going to change. It's disheartening for me as a fan because Monday the show started with the Miz and Roman Reigns, and on Tuesday it started with Roman Reigns and, and the Miz. Miz. Yeah, like, in, yeah, backwards was, order. Yeah, it was it was not good. It was basically the same thing that it, on both days to start both shows, and it was I don't, was someone clamoring for this this collaboration, this this alliance between The Miz and Roman Reigns to, to see on television this week. And I don't know. It's a struggle for me to watch WWE Yeah, we right discussed now. that. The two of us discussed that like a the couple only, of days ago. The, it's not fun. No, the only reason I have been watching is out of a loyalty to you and to Brandon and to the audience that we've built because I'm not enjoying any of it outside of the Bray Wyatt. I mean, there's been matches here and there that we've seen over the course of the last few months that I've enjoyed. I've always looked forward to Money in the Bank. It's always been one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year, right up there uh, with with SummerSlam for me and for Survivor Series just because of the excitement. I think it's going to be a really good match, the men's match at least. I think it's going to be really good, so I'm excited about that. But on a week-to-week basis, the weekly television shows that are going on have not appealed to me whatsoever. I, I'm, I mean, I just, and I think I've talked to a lot of people who feel that way, um, and I hope I'm not influenced. If if something's out there that I'm missing, please tell me. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the thing is, I know that there isn't, and the wild card rule is just dumb. And I know why. I mean, I know that USA hated that they moved Roman off. It's like, wait, we need Roman too. So Roman's going to be on both shows. All that's going to do is get him booed more and more because he's going to be overexposed on both shows. It's going to look like, oh, well, Roman has to be on every show. I mean, it's going to roll. It's going to take what was the feel good story of 2018 and 2019, and you're going to ruin it because people are already booing him again because you have put him right back at the top in the wrong way. And he's being overexposed. Yeah. The whole wild card thing to me is so... Cancel like, the brand extension. Yes. If, they, if you're doing this, then cancel the brand extension and fire, fire or not fire them, but just you're not going to release anybody right now because you don't want them to show up on AEW or some other competitor. AEW is the one that's got them all scared. But you've got a bunch of dudes that are not doing anything. They've canceled tomorrow night's house show in Connecticut because the wild card rule, because too many of the people that they have advertised can't be there because they might show up on Raw. So we're about to potentially lose all the Monday house shows because they're going to be false advertising week after week, and that helped kill WCW. Yep, sure did. So that is... it was, I, And also, it was interesting to me last night um, during the NASCAR All-Star Race, they were running promos for SmackDown starting on, on Fox in the fall. And the four people that were up there on the screen were... 
Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair, mm-hmm. Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. and John Cena. Hmm. I mean, you know he's going to be a part of it. I know he's going to be a part of it, but the fact that you're still having to advertise John Cena as the hook to bring in fans to watch SmackDown on Fox is an indictment on you and everything you've been doing. You're still looking for the next John Cena. And apparently reading this article and hearing this audio this past week, that still lays at the feet of Vince McMahon. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot more to this audio. A lot of it I've sort of forgotten. I need to go back and listen to it again. The audio quality on the caller side wasn't as good as you would have liked. But he did go into into some detail about it. And again, none of it sounded outlandish. None of it sounded like it was too contrived. It all sounded believable. One other big key as we go to break is that he revealed the most frustrated person in WWE backstage is Triple H. Because Triple H sees NXT, he's in charge of NXT, he knows what it is, and he also knows what's happening on the main roster. And he's a smart enough guy from a wrestling aspect to know it's trash, to know it's garbage, and to not be able to do anything about it. And you have to wonder, if Triple H can't get the ear of his father-in-law, I mean, what is it going to take short of Vince being incapacitated to get him away? Because the creative people also said in this conversation, XFL ain't going to deter him. He is way too married to this. He's not going to walk away no matter what the XFL does. He is going to be WWE until he can no longer breathe. Well, and it also said in there that that both Hunter and Stephanie have tried to have conversations with him about certain things, and it's gone nowhere. I mean, think and about events, that. Events might watch a takeover. Yeah, right. He never that, watches TV. He doesn't care. All he knows of NXT. Which explains a lot, and we've, we've figured that. The way that he he treats these guys when they get called up, it's as if he's never seen them before. Because... He's, He's never, never seen, seen them before. before. We will talk Money in the Bank. We will talk AEW. We will talk Lars Sullivan and his week and whatever this fine is. All of that coming up. Squared Circle Radio. By the way, you can call us if you would like to at 737-1045. We'll be right back here on The Zone. It's music that used to matter. Chad Gable was moved to SmackDown, and now he's moved to nowhere. May never see him again. Has Vince McMahon ever heard this music? He wouldn't recognize it if you asked him to try to pick it out. Maybe he'd think it was a Patriot. Sad. Yes. Square Circle Radio 104.5, The Zone on Twitter, at Zone Wrestling. We'll live tweet Money in the Bank tonight. What, what tonight, there's the, a lot happening in What was the... Um, what was the Patriots music? It seems like it was recycled from some. Okay, I yeah. think. I think you're right. Like I, he he shared music with someone else that came before him or after him. Yeah, I believe Kurt used the Patriots music after the fact. I believe that's right. So money in the bank is tonight. We will go down the card here in a little bit. Let's talk at least a smidge about AEW. And I don't know if I want to start. Well, do we want to talk about AEW or want to get Lars out of the way? Please, get Lars out of the way. All right, so just, Lars has just, been fined $100,000. He's been fined $100,000 by WWE for, and we talked about this last week in your absence, but you know the story. 
a lot of really ugly stuff that Laura Sullivan has said, which she says now doesn't represent him, which there's so much there. I don't know a man's heart, so I can't say that he hasn't grown, but I do know that this was over an extended period of time, and this was some of the more heinous stuff you're ever going to see somebody say. And WWE knew it. And this anxiety attack stuff that we heard earlier in the year, pretty sure that was bogus. Pretty sure they sent him home to try to figure out how to deal with this because it had emerged a little bit beforehand. They scrapped what they were going to do at Mania, and then they brought him back, and then here it comes resurfacing on Reddit, on the Squared Circle Reddit, and, and, and other places. And so they had no choice at that point to address it. Big E commented on Twitter, said, yeah, we're aware, and he's going to have to work around us and things like that. This stuff was racist. It was homophobic. It was xenophobic. It was sexist. It was everything in the world. He made fun of people now that are that he's working alongside, like our truth. I think Kofi was one of them as well. Like he's, this is not a good look, but it's real weird that you get fined a hundred thousand dollars, which we don't know what that means because they could just jack his salary up a hundred thousand dollars and he's not actually fined. But past that, you're opening yourself up to a real can of worms to find somebody for stuff they did before you employed them. Like that's real odd to me. Like personally. They must see a lot in him because if it's me, I'd just cut bait. But they clearly think Lars Sullivan is something special. I clearly continue to believe he's not. But that's just me. I just first of all, do we think Lars Sullivan is even making one hundred thousand dollars? Um, I guess. I would be shocked. I, honestly, I would be shocked that if he's making that much money. I would say he's probably making two fifty if I had to bet really? on it. Yes. I mean he just I say he just, I mean, within the last year, he's been caught up from NXT. He wasn't making that money down there. Well, right. So we're talking about someone who was working under a contract, I, I would assume, that would have got, had to get more money to be above that. And look, the comments aside and what he said aside, there are a lot of things involved here. Like you said, you ha if you're not vetting the people that you're hiring any better than this, this is kind of on you. And also, you're setting a precedent precedent that things that happen before you hire them matter. So from this point forward, you're going to have to at least vet people better than this. And the things that he said were wrong and disgusting and recent enough that it doesn't make me believe that he's someone different than yeah, what he was. This wasn't a 13-year-old, like, ninth-grade football person. player saying something and then it getting drubbed back up in the NFL draft. Wasn't he yes. 25? Yes. Or something like that when some of this stuff was coming out. And but I do go, keep going back to this and this it's not surprising that they didn't just fire him and let him go and be done with it, not because he's some outstanding athlete that he's some huge charismatic personality that's going to be the next big thing in wrestling. We are talking about a company that's in bed with a Saudi government that we know is Fair corrupt, point. we know is murderous, we know shares a lot of the same thoughts that Lars Sullivan shared with us. Yeah, that's a fair point. So does not surprise me at all whatsoever that WWE does not just cut bait on this guy and walk away from it, which is what they should have done. Goldberg and Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Sign me up for that. That's people would have wanted to see... 15 years ago mm -hmm. that did not happen 
But the Saudi government can make it happen. Right, because they are still living in 2000. Well, I mean, but you know that based on the people they want to oh, see. Yeah. I mean, Triple H well, and Randy the, Orton in 2019? It's, it's, that match has only happened about, I don't know, 8,000 times probably? It just, uh, the, the Saudi government, don't get me started on this again. I was going to have a good day. Then here we are again talking about the WWE and the Saudi. It's not even like it's the people over there who want to see these people. It's one dude who wants to see these matches. And you're acquiescing to this one guy. It's not It's not a good look. But the Lars thing, I think they just are going to hope that this thing blows over. But I have to wonder. I, I, Big E and some of these dudes in a locker room. Like, I heard... The reports Monday or whatever was that Lars kept to himself, didn't talk to anybody in the back, stayed off to the side. I mean, that's going to be his his life for quite some time. I didn't see a whole lot of people coming out to defend him either. No, then that to me that's kind of telling. Uh, I, you would have I would have expected to see someone come up and say, "Hey, you know, I've I've come to know him over the course of our employment in the WWE, and this is not the person that I've gotten to know." But none of that whatsoever. And I don't like. Here's one for you. I don't want to. WWE knew he said this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So why the hell is he in there with R Truth on TV doing spots? Is, is Wouldn't that be the last person you put no, him in there? He, well, he no. called him out by name in these posts. To me, that sounds like a Vince McMahon move to either say, look, R Truth is okay with this. Or as some sort of punishment for this, this is the penance along with the hundred thousand dollars that Lars Sullivan has to pay to be a part of the WWE now. But look, do what you want to. If I were the audience and Lars Sullivan comes out, I go to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care before. And it's I not like I'm writing him off forever because yes, he could have had a change of heart, and there are a lot of things that could have happened in his life. You don't know who he was back then or what he was going through. All I know is those are positions that there are so many of them. How do you evolve from them? That seems like a thought process as opposed to just like, I have a problem with this one group. No, right. my man has a problem with everybody. I, I don't, I'm not saying uh, I believe in redemption. I believe in second chances. I believe in forgiveness. But I don't believe that has to happen under the employment of the WWE when you're telling me that you're all about inclusivity and, you know, everything that you're trying to push from a social aspect. This run, this is incongruent with all of that. It is. And you had a chance to make a statement, a statement that would have went a long way to gain you favor with a lot of people like me who are skeptical. And a lot of things that you say and do, because I think it's just lip service to make your company look good. Yeah, you could have, you could have, you could have won me over by firing Lars Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, you could have made a statement, but instead, you think this guy can make you money, so you're going to keep him around. One, I don't think he's going to make you a dime long term in any real way. I, I think the only way Lars Sullivan is going to make you money is if you indeed find him one hundred thousand dollars. And he's giving you $100,000. That's the only way Lars Sullivan's going to make you money. And I know that the wrestling media, the elite side of it, the higher end guys have been like almost universally think Lars has the potential to be a big star and they love how he's being pushed. I, I, I'm just on the opposite side of that spectrum. I don't care. I, and, don't, I don't. 
and I don't see it. Like, not only do I do I not care, I don't see it. Like, there's been people in the past where I, I was like, you know, this guy, this may not be something that I like, that I enjoy, but I can see how right. he could find he could find an audience for what he does. Just like the Matt Hardy stuff. Like, I, I understand the broken yes. stuff back on TNA. It was not for me, but I understand kind of who it was catering to. I just wasn't that audience, but I could respect what they were trying to accomplish there. And he's a big guy with some athleticism. No personality, no charisma, no no anything, anything outside of his physical appearance and the athleticism that he has. We'll talk money in the bank in the final segment. We'll go down that card. Up next, AEW. They've got a TV deal. And they lost maybe the biggest match that they had coming up at double or nothing. But my question is this. How much is too much to pay for a pay-per-view off the start when you're trying to get people in? I think they may have priced themselves a bit too high. That's where we'll go next. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Hi, Nashville. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to Squared Circle Radio with my boys, Jason, Brandon, and David, right here on 104.5 The Zone. I haven't heard that one in a while. I did dust that one off. I like it. Been watching a lot of the... Uh... Just lost what, what's the dark side of the ring? Dark side of the ring completely lost. I figured track. that's where you were there. Yeah, whole lot of James E on that. James E, Squared Circle Radio 1045 is on. You heard the man. We're on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. He didn't say that. So, AEW is a thing. Double or nothing happens a week from tonight. We'll talk money in the bank and we'll talk about uh, Bray Wyatt coming up also. Double or nothing was going to have Hangman Page against Pac, that being the former Neville. On that card, that match has been scrapped. It was done yesterday in Nottingham, England, and taped and will be released by AEW on Tuesday to be seen. And the reason why is because Pac would not lose in that match, and Hangman Page was supposed to win the bout, and Neville said no. And some part of that is because he's the current Dragon Gate champion. And as long as he's holding that title, I don't know if the promotion kind of told him, hey, you can't lose as you're our champion or what it was, or maybe Pac, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Pac's not going to do a job to Hangman Page right now, even though AEW wants to push him to be kind of their top guy. I don't think that that's it. But from all that I have been able to listen to over the past day and read, Seems like Pac, at least as long as he's a Dragon Gate champion, he's not going to be a part of AEW. But AEW has has a policy, at least for now, that they will not do dusty finishes, DQs, draws on pay-per-view. If you pay to see those shows, you're going to get winners and losers. And they want that to be known from the beginning. They've said it. So they weren't going to start out by doing a DQ or a draw. The match yesterday ended in a DQ. Because you could do it on that show, and it turned out it was actually going to be two guys that were working Pac, and those two guys disappeared, and Hangman Page arrived, and they went ahead and did the match. So they have said, AEW has said, what they have now is going to be better than the Pac match, but they're not going to, it's going to end up being a surprise. So you have to imagine that's probably Kenny Omega 
Maybe they've got somebody else in the hopper that we don't know about yet. Maybe Dean Ambrose shows up and we're not, nobody's paying attention. And then boom, it's Dean Ambrose versus Hangman Page in a Falls Count Anywhere match or something like that. I, I don't know, but this is odd. And they're not going to be able to deliver what I think was one of the feature bouts for sure on this Double or Nothing show. What do you make of this? This is strange. I, I don't know what to make of it, make of it, really, but I do go back to the conversation that we had earlier, um, and one of the things that came out uh, was that there was a confrontation backstage between Neville and Vince McMahon at one point. Yeah, pretty loud. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I could kind of see if, if Neville was brave enough to go after the chairman in WWE, Man might have enough of an ego to say, no, I'm not doing a job to Hangman Page, whether it involves him being Dragon Gate champion or not. I could see him like finally being out of the WWE where he had to let the, he went under to a lot of people he probably shouldn't went under, lost a lot of matches that he probably shouldn't have lost. Enzo. Yes. So I could see him maybe saying, you know what, this Hangman Page thing isn't happening. And maybe they kind of got wind of that, and that was the way that he was he was acting leading into this thing is maybe why this went ahead and happened. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not if it was, at double or nothing. I don't know if it was the promotion, Dragon Gate, that said, hey, you can't lose while you're our champion. But basically, it sounds like Pac's not going to be a part of AEW, at least as long as he's holding that title. Maybe he never comes back, which is a big loss. I mean, I was looking I forward so. to seeing Neville, and that would have been a great match. Apparently, they had a very good match, so we'll... We'll check it out, I guess, on Tuesday. The larger thing I look at is that they are selling this thing for forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. The WWE network is nine ninety nine. And everybody's paying a la carte for various services, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or HBO Now or Showtime Now or whatever it is, you're paying a decent amount for your entertainment. I guess the expectation is these hardcore people are the ones that you're expecting to get from AEW and you can lure them into paying 50 bucks. I think this prices out anybody that's just curious. That's like a middle of the road level wrestling fan. 50 bucks is a lot. That's like back in the day when there was no WWE network. And even then it still felt like an awful lot. And this is for all intents and purposes, this is a hardcore show with guys that only hardcore fans really are aware of. That's a lot of money to ask people to pay on a Sunday night for your first ever show of this nature. I guess second, but first since the TV deal was announced. Yeah, I, um, I'm more than curious. I doubt that I will be paying for this on my own. Well, Brandon already said he was going to get it, and we'll probably just chip in and end up watching it with him. And I think a lot of people do that. Somebody responded to me and said, this is going to be an experience. It's going to be like five, six people getting together and chipping in money. I'm like, it's still a lot of money. It still, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, would you rather have... This is, this, to me, the WWE has set the platform. They, they have set the playing field with the WWE network. So I don't understand why AEW... Uh, they were focused on getting a television deal. Understand it completely. There's money to be made in professional wrestling and television. But they, I believe they should have had some platform ready to mirror the WWE network in some capacity. Because would you rather have 50 bucks from 20,000 people or five bucks a month from 
150,000 people. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think you want the most people watching that you possibly can right now. You don't want to price people out of the equation. Now, I don't know what kind of content you would have because you'd have to make arrangements with other people or you wouldn't have a platform unless you just, hey, if you get this, you'll get all the AEW shows going forward. But they're putting stuff, I mean, they're putting stuff out on a I mean, they could put basis. all that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they could put the being the elite and, yes. and, and all I mean, of those and things. And that stuff is as good better than what you've been seeing on wwe television and there's an audience for that larger than who's seeing it so they announced the tnt deal they did not announce the day but i'm going to go ahead and tell you it's going to make no sense unless it's wednesday none they're not going against raw on monday tuesday nights after christmas there are a smattering of nba nights for tnt on tuesdays thursday is NBA night on TNT all the way through the season. You're not going to put it against that. You're also not going to put it against Thursday night football. And Friday, you're not going against SmackDown. Weekend's a disaster now. It's not what it used to be. 6.05 on the Superstation just doesn't work the same way as it used to. Wednesday is the night. There's nothing wrong with that. And honestly, I don't think this is part of the equation, but you have people that are used to watching NXT on Wednesday nights. Those are the same kind of people that probably want to watch AEW. So it sort of packs in. You can go to the WWE Network after you watch AEW. You can DVR AEW. Do whatever you want to do. The bigger concern is the money. And somebody asked us on Twitter and said, so is the rumor true that they're paying for time? The answer to that question is no. They are not paying for time. They are having their production costs paid for. An episode of Raw costs somewhere between $750,000 and $1 million production cost that USA will pay or, or whatever to that extent. You expect somewhere between what? three fifty and 500000 probably for AEW off the start because they're going to want to make it look good. And Turner is going to pick up that bill. That's what's going to happen. The other thing about Double or Nothing is it's going to be on this Bleacher Report app, which has not gone very well yet. They tried the Tiger Phil thing on that app. Disastrous. If you got people paying 50 bucks for this thing and it's not seamless... That ain't good and look, out of the gates. I mean, we go back to All In, and they had production issues there uh, with the feed and actually in the arena itself. So this is this is, this is is one of the reasons where I look at that $50 price tag, and this is, this is not the WWE. This is not some slick, polished-up product from a production standpoint so far. That's the one reason I look at that, and I'm like, I just uh, for some reason, even though I saw all in, like I have in my mind that this is going to look like a a Ring of Honor event. I actually think it's going to look great. I think they're going to have a lot of money from Tony Khan. I just think they should have priced it at twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that should have been the maximum that they were asking right now. If you went nineteen ninety nine, all the better. But twenty nine ninety nine, I can justify that. If I'm a middle of the road wrestling fan, forty nine ninety nine feels like a lot. We'll get to your Bray Wyatt uh, thought. Next, Dave, and then we'll we'll look at this money in the bank card, top to bottom, predict it, and I'll tell you where the money is right now, and at least what the plan was going into tonight uh, in both of the latter matches. That's still to come. Square Circle Radio, one zero four five, the zone. Oh, Bullet Club, four Final segment, Squared Circle Radio here on this Sunday morning. Talking pro wrestling. We do it every week. We've done it for over five years. Brandon Hagney will be back with us next week. 
David Reed at David Reed Radio. I'm Jason Martin at J Mart Zone. Big Orange Sunday coming up next. Had a question asked by Ryan Vale on Twitter during the break. Said, hey, if you have the BR app, which is five bucks a month, do you still have to pay 50 bucks for the pay-per-view? The answer to that question is yes. Sling TV app and the Bleacher Report app, $49.99 on those apps. So TNT is going to cover the production costs. That's what we said in the last segment. There are no rights fees coming towards AEW for now, but they are going to share in ad revenue, and AEW is actually going to get a good portion of that. According to TSN reporter John McMullen, a deal of this nature is unprecedented for a startup. It took WWE 35 years before they hit the level of money they make today off their TV rights. There is a Warner Media relationship with Tony Khan that probably helped them out tremendously as it comes to this. But it's been decades since you've seen a wrestling promotion in the U.S. that has this level of potential. And if they are able to bring in numbers, then they're going to get money from TNT because TNT looks to be all in with them, no pun intended. So there is a real reason to be hopeful here. Now, if it comes out of the gates and it's doing 200,000 viewers or whatever like that, that's not going to get it done especially if you look at the numbers of the primetime shows that have been canceled on TNT over the past handful of years that are doing substantially more than that. But the bar apparently is being set around a million, which I think is sort of high, but maybe they can hit it. I don't know. It depends on, they're going to have to be strong out of the gates. I think forty nine ninety nine is a mistake. I truly do. But if there's word of mouth after the fact, then it could be, it could be fine. All right. So what's, uh, what's your Bray Wyatt thought, Dave? So the whole Firefly Funhouse thing, he's mm-hmm. clearly a guy who has who has two sides to him, and at at the least, at the most, he's a guy who's suffering from schizophrenia, right? Right. Could he be a character who is both a heel and a babyface? Uh, maybe depending on the show, depending on the opponent. I mean, we kind of see this. Uh, I mean, everyone's going to draw comparisons between uh, this and Finn Balor and the Demon. But could Bray Wyatt go out there in that sweater vest <laughs> and work a match as a complete baby face? And then later that night or on the next show, go out there in that very menacing, disturbing mask that we saw the other Clown night. mask. And be a complete heel. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds. It seems like they'd want him to be a heel, but I think he's going to get cheered when he comes out because people are watching this with some level of interest mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in anything else in WWE because we've never seen anything quite like this before. And we've missed the guy, and we're hoping that this could be the reboot that we thought Bray Wyatt was going to be to begin with. Right. I mean, there is a certain doink the clownness to this mm-hmm. in some ways. Doink played both sides of the coin. I do, we, Not simultaneously. Right. That would be... Have we ever seen that before? I don't... I can't think of a... Uh, there, there was a time where on television, Vince McMahon was being Mr. McMahon, but it was also the time when he was on Raw also going after Eric Bischoff. So he was getting cheered when he was going after Eric Bischoff and getting booed when he was going up against The Rock. If anybody can do it from a character perspective, it is Bray Wyatt. I think so. They could pull both of these things off, especially based on the conversation we talked about in the first segment. 
So there are 11 matches on Money in the Bank tonight. Daniel Bryan's on the pre-show. My man was a champion at WrestleMania, but it's him and Rowan against he's the Usos currently. tonight. Yeah, he's a tag champion defending against the Usos with Rowan tonight. That's on the pre-show. I don't see any reason they're going to change that. The I Usos are technically so. on the other show, which, whatever. <laughs> Tony Nese and Arya Davari. I don't imagine they're turning that title up. No reason to take it no. off Tony Nese. You're putting it on Tony Nese at uh, WrestleMania. I don't think you're taking it off of Not him. for Arya Davari. <laughs> no. Unless they want Davari to hold that title in Saudi Arabia. Oh, no. Which I might have just actually talked myself into changing that. <laughs> talked me into it, too. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the U.S. Championship. Hopefully the match we didn't get at Mania because Rey was banged up. Mm. If they give it time, it could be, really could be fantastic. Yep. I don't think they're taking that title off Joe, either. I, I, there's no reason to. No. Kofi and Kevin Owens will be good. Yep. You could potentially see a title change happen here. I don't know that I would predict it necessarily. But I can't imagine everybody is keeping their titles out of this thing. And of the three, Kofi's the one that makes the most sense to lose, I would think. Yeah. You know, and this will never happen in a million years. But I, you know what I'd love to see here? I would love to see a double turn. That would get me interested. You mean Kofi going heel? Yes. Wow. Right now? Yes. Man. Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. Here's what I can tell you. It's not going to be good. They can't even go to the floor and have fun. The cage is going to mean they're in the ring the whole time. Let me tell you where Shane McMahon's not very good. In, in the ring. ring half the time. <laughs> I, whatever. Becky and Charlotte will be good because it always is. Becky will win because she's got two titles and she's wrestling twice on the show and they keep talking about how could she come out with both titles? Well, because they're calling her Becky two belts for one <laughs> reason. selling a lot of t-shirts. And there's not really any reason to put it on Charlotte. That'll be a good match. Becky will retain. Roman and Elias. Roman's going to win. I would love to see it go the other way. If yeah. I was Roman Reigns, I'd like to see it go the other way. But it's not. Women's money in the bank. Natty, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, Carmella, and Nikki Cross replacing Alexa Bliss, who looks like maybe another concussion for Alexa Bliss. The money and the expectation right now, the favorite is Mandy Rose. So, just so you know. And that makes all the sense in the world if you watch WWE and you know who's in charge. Yep. And she is gorgeous, and no doubt. Men's Money in the Bank match should be great. Sammy versus Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin versus Ali versus Finn Balor versus Andrade versus Randy Orton. The plan, if it has not changed is that Drew McIntyre is winning this match. Makes sense. It does. Not, um, no problem with that whatsoever. Not going to be Corbin because Corbin's going to be... They're building Corbin for Seth Rollins. He's not going to need the the briefcase. Mm -hmm. July, summer leading into SummerSlam, that's Seth Rollins' plan program. Just so you know. <laughs> Seth Rollins and AJ Styles have been wanting to work each other for years and have not gotten the opportunity. They are going out there tonight to tear the house down. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see. I think they're going out there with the intentions of setting the bar for what the match of 2019 is going to be. I think that thing's going to be spectacular. Also, don't think Seth's going to lose. I don't know. 
it's going to be really, really good. I mean, that and a men's money in the bank in particular are going to be well worth the price of admission tonight. And then Becky Lynch in the other match against Lacey Evans, where Becky's a much bigger favorite if you're looking from Vegas odds. I don't know what ends this show. I think unless there's a cash-in, it should be Seth and AJ. Now, Becky working twice, if I was the female winner of Money in the Bank, I would immediately cash in after her second match and let that be part of the storyline. I don't know if they're going to do a cash tonight, but if not, Seth and AJ should tear the house down to end this show. Yeah, I I think if we ended up seeing... Becky in the final match of the night. There's Charlotte. a good chance that they're they're going to have Mandy Rose cash in on her. Fake a fake a cash in. Yeah. I just think the Becky two belts thing it's means got too much you, traction. It does. And they've actually come out and revealed that her and Seth are dating yes. and all this kind of stuff. So there's like relationship names on WWE.com and <laughs> various other things. I who knows? But I think both of them are going to carry titles because they're going to keep this story alive. We will live tweet tonight's show at Zone Wrestling. Um, hopefully it will not be WrestleMania length. Keep no. this thing around four hours, WWE. That'd be good. Because I haven't had a whole lot of sleep this week. <laughs> and I need a little bit more. But I'm going to listen to some Vols talk coming up next. Big Orange Sunday with the coach, Doug Matthews, coming up. We'll see you next week on Square Circle Radio.